0: Welcome to the Dave Hines Show. I am Dave, as the title of the show would indicate. I appreciate you joining us. Guests this week are going to be the Black Moods, a great band, a band that you should know about, and they've been a long-time friends of mine and long-time friends of the show. But unlike a lot of bands that are friends with a radio host and get on the show a lot, uh, these guys are actually good. So you're going to want to hang out. We'll talk with the Black Moods in a minute, but... uh Yeah, hi. The intro of the show this week, a little bit different. Uh, I do have someone who I'm going to introduce to you next week who is going to be kind of the announcer of the show, which is exciting. But I thought uh, since she's got the week off, I thought I would just kind of come in and sit and and chat with you a little bit. Because um, if you're not sure where the show went, because it was on um, the iHeartRadio app and uh, the America's Talk Network, And the America's Talk Network kind of went a different direction. It it went away. And so a lot of the shows on there, they're kind of like, okay, well, we don't need this show anymore. So it wasn't like you get fired. It's just like, hey, go off and do your other real job. So that's what I've been doing. And uh, now we're back because it was time. And I wanted to uh, just have another opportunity to just sit and I'm calling it the Dave Hines show only because that's pretty much all I know is going to happen here is I will be a part of this, but the show of the, the show may change. It's definitely going to change because of what you want to hear, the kind of people that you want to talk to and the kind of conversations that you want to get involved in or that you're willing to download and listen to. And, uh, so I just want you to know that like, I really do genuinely appreciate this as somebody who's on the radio all the time or definitely behind the scenes for some big name people and stuff. I've got a lot of stuff that I'd like to say or stories that I'd like to tell or questions that I want to ask. And I don't always have time to do it on the rock stations and on U.S. 97 and, uh, you know, other times I just don't have the opportunity. So the fact that you would listen really means a lot to me and I appreciate it. And uh, if there's something you want to hear or a guest you want to talk to or you just want to talk to me and say something, maybe nice, you can tweet me at it's Dave Hines or uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff, at It's Dave Hines, I-T-S-D-A-V-E-H-I-N-E-S. Okay, so that's enough uh, housekeeping stuff. I think what we ought to do is get into the meat of the interview. Now, I sat down and uh, talked to the Black Moods a couple of weeks or a a few days ago, and uh, they were off in another part of the country, so there's a little bit of an audio quality thing that I'm not, I'm kind of a, On an audio quality nerd, so it it might bother me. If it bothers you, I apologize. It's not always going to be like this, but uh, they were off in another city, and we were linked up remotely, but we got it. And uh, we're going to talk about all kinds of things uh, with the Black Moods, what they've been up to, the new song, the new album. And uh, you know what? I'm going to let you listen for yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, here's a conversation with one of my favorite bands, the Black Moods. I think when the podcast started, when the Dave Hines show was in its earliest beginnings, one of my first guests was the boys from this band right here, the Black Moods. And look at us now. Here we are. <laughs> first off, we started out, you brought me a press kit and some cupcakes.
1: <laughs> God yeah. bless you.
0: And that was immediately like, you know, working at radio, you get a ton of singles. I don't know. A lot of times it'll sit on my desk for a little while, but these guys brought me food, and so I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna eat these cupcakes while I listen to this record," <laughs> and it was great. And I don't know if they had made it out of the parking lot before I'm on the phone. I'm like, "Where's that guy's card?" And then the next thing you know, here you are getting record deals, and then building your own label, and we've got a new single out with an upcoming EP. Huh? <sighs> Damn,
1: guys, tell me yeah, about have- Belladonna. It's just um we been, we were working on the EP with Johnny K, and cause he flew in from Chicago and we were using our studio in, in Phoenix and he just kind of moved his stuff in there and he was flying out after the session. And as he was getting in his Uber, he's like, hollered at me and he's like, Hey, listen to, we need a groove. We need a song that grooves like love me two times by the doors. And so I took that and I just was messing around and I had a death in the family. And so I was. Hanging out by myself at my grandparents' house and, uh, drinking beer and just trying to figure out what the hell he was talking about. And I started that lick and then I brought it back to the guys and I was like, well, hey, I got this. And we just all wrote it right. It pretty much wrote it in what? An hour, maybe? Yeah. An hour and a 12 pack or whatever. Yeah.
2: It kind of wrote itself, really. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It came together and it was really cool. So we, we did it and we demoed it to send to Johnny and, uh. We uh, by the time we got the demo done, it was like four in the morning, and you know, like four thirty packs later, <laughs> and uh, we were in the in the studio doing the "I got you" or "I I need I want you I need you" on the the choruses, mm-hmm. and it's just us drunk. And- Whoa, yeah! Yeah, and we sent it to him, and he kept those tracks on the final one on the EP. Yeah, he flew those like, in. Yeah, I love like, do that. we need to recut those? He's like, no, those are great. They're so like, ah, oh, that's amazing. We were so drunk doing those <laughs> and, and that's a great
0: producer who sees the stuff that you guys put out there as viable content. There's some magic in this. There's some grit that you get that you're not going to catch again.
1: And That's the whole thing. That's why he wanted to do it in our – because we went to a few different studios around Phoenix. They're really nice high end places. Um, but they were just too nice. Yeah, you guys can't. You guys be there. are dirtbags. You need to record <laughs> in your own place. Stop and, stop acting like lie. you're Beyonce's backing
0: band or something. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. He's like, nah, he's like, they wash their hands at this studio. You guys need to go to your yeah. own place. You well, need to go someplace Hines, where
0: you
2: can write things on the wall if you need to. Well yeah. yeah. Well Heinz, you know us. You partied with us. So uh-huh. We'd literally be doing vocals with a party in the background. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. At three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That's well, how the whole... I can remember
0: times over at Jim Kaufman's house here in Los Angeles of like being out in the garage with rock stars who I didn't know who they were because they were newer bands. and I didn't see, But then I realized like I'm out here with a bunch of famous people who are cutting it up and inside it you can hear Josh cutting vocals. And I'm like, yeah. there is no <laughs> way that. You know, the dude from Asking Alexandria is not coming through on that track. He's out here hollering.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. You know. <laughs> what that's how that's how well, we do it. We do it, we give him credit too, so we can add to it. We're like, oh yeah, and I'm background bullshitting. Also featuring. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So one of the things about Belladonna that I was talking about that we talked about on the air is um I knew immediately when I heard it that it was a black mood song. And part of that is Josh it's your guitar tone but it's also the bounce there's a swing to things that you guys have maybe it's more of a swagger awesome. than a swing where does that originate in the sound which one of you three swings the most musically well, speaking
1: I, I, I think it's a group effort because my dad was always really honest about that you know he's like ah you know it's got a jive it's got a swing it's got to be that kind of thing yeah that's kind of like burn into my brain from the age of five mm-hmm. and then i and then once chico met my dad he got it too <laughs> yeah
2: yeah it's funny like when i first met josh and auditioned it was really bad because i was studying jazz and latin and stuff and didn't play in a band for it was three so years. bad it <laughs> was awful i won by default because their drummer said screw you guys i'm out but <laughs> but uh josh just kept saying he's like man you gotta jive you gotta jive so me, as a dumbass, I'm looking in my books, I'm like, jive, jive, what does jive mean? Googling, what is does jive? Me up, Googling, <laughs> what, is jive? <laughs> what does jive mean?
3: Will you teach me to jive?
2: And then I asked my, I asked one of my other buddies that I played with, I'm like, dude, I'm just having trouble in these rehearsals. And he's like, drink a fifth of jack, <laughs> and then go in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I did. And then ever since then, it's been pretty good. That's awesome.
0: And I, I really do think that balance, and Jordan, I know you've got, You've got some of that in you. What are your roots playing-wise?
3: Um, well, I've played in a band with my family in Ohio for um, years. I started when I was 13 years old, and I think I stopped when I was 18 when I moved to, to school in Tiffin University. But, uh, yeah, I played with my family. I played bass at a band. My dad played lead guitar. My brother played drums, and then my middle brother played guitar as well. And then wow. we had a friend of the family like sing.
0: So you had, like, a uh, full-on family rock band.
3: Yeah, we had, like, a Jackson 5 kind of thing going on.
0: That's cool. Did you guys travel <laughs> we and tour? And- <laughs> yeah, we, we
3: had the whole outfits.
0: Oh, really? No, no, we didn't have. You we should were. have. I think it, I think you wouldn't be sitting here with the black moods right now if you'd had yeah, matching yeah, outfits. Yeah, you right. You can call <laughs> yeah, Dad real quick and be like, I, I know what went wrong.
3: Yeah, right? <laughs> no, but I come from a family of musicians. My mom sang, and uh, my dad And my other brothers still play in bands in Ohio, actually. Just separate bands, but they still play music, which is really cool.
0: That's awesome. Was it mostly rock roots for you?
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Van Halen, Eddie Money, Led Zeppelin. I mean, you name it, Foreigner. My dad was listening to everything. My mom, the Beatles, you know, she cried when they broke up.
0: Yeah. What about into the nineties stuff and you know, some of the stuff that influences the sound, even though you guys don't sound like any of these kind of post grunge bands like the Gin Blossoms or the Refreshments or things like that, you know, there's some of that vibe in there. Like what what were your
1: the the songwriting for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys do kinda hang around with Roger Klein from time to time from the refreshments. (laughs) From time to time. I don't even want to know. What you guys? I don't think we can record some of the things that you guys have done with them, because that stuff goes down down south of the border. Yeah. <laughs> which brings me to uh, Circus Mexicus. A, what the
2: hell is that? And B, tell me a story from it. Let's see. Well, Circus Mexicus is a um, music festival, down in four day music festival down in uh, Rocky Point, Mexico, which is about four hours south of Phoenix. And it's put on by Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, and uh, it's pretty much the best party ever. Is it
1: like it's what our fifth year to do it? Like six, six, I think. Fifth or sixth year, and it's uh, it was just nice. Uh, Roger invited us down to open for him, and uh, he liked one of our tracks off of our record. And then it's crazy. We go down there, and like they have our logo painted on the back of some of the buildings down there. Awesome. <laughs> and, like,
2: but it's like. But it's like, you know, if you go to Mexico, Nike, the swish is reversed. Yeah, just the little like, jack. So it's kind of the same idea. The Mac boots. All
0: right. There. Yeah, yeah exactly. the Mac
2: boots. Yeah. No, seriously, we'll be walking down the street and we go there. So I mean, they're like, Los Moods. Orale, Los Moods.
0: <laughs> yes. That right there, I mean, that's got to feel good. Like oh, dude, building. Great. Cause you guys have been hammering it out on the road, both in Mexico, but also you know all over the Midwest and throughout the country. How is that paying off now? All that road time, are you seeing some of that payback yet?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, and just in the playing, like the band's really tight, and well, that for sure, yeah. yeah. That's that's which is the most important thing, you know.
0: Yeah, but as far as the reaction from fans and stuff,
2: well, one of the things about the Circus Mexicus is that people from all over the country, even over the world europe and stuff go to that it's a it's a small family but it's a very very tight one Mm -hmm. uh and so we've made as we come through the midwest and stuff we st louis yeah we opened up for roger just this past saturday yeah and there's so many people that we saw in mexico (laughs) (laughs) we're like whoa (laughs) that's awesome yeah it's pretty cool
0: what? Um, well, let's just talk real quickly about the kinds of things that might go
1: on in a rock show in Mexico. Well, I can tell you um, it was 4,000 people or something like that. Everybody's excited, and and we, we worked up this Who intro. Like, uh, one of we, people, we brought like, on a keyboard player. Yeah, yeah, and this guy's been great, and, and he's actually from Missouri as well. Cool. His name's Rob. He's a great dude. But we did this awesome intro, and we got three songs in, and the power goes out. In oh, no. Pure Mexican style down there. Yes.
2: You know? Yeah, it was it was weird because they have different generators, so the guitar amps completely done, but the microphones, yeah, are the, still the PA on. the oh, no.
1: And some some lady had tripped over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how <she laughs> the cable shocked so the hell out of her. Shocked the hell out of her. <laughs> and then her husband. So so well, I'll get to that part. So we're up on stage in front of four thousand people, and. There's nothing coming out. So all these people are like standing there, like staring at you, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, what the hell do you do? And so. It happened
2: I, to be your birthday.
1: Oh, it was on my birthday. So I was like, hey, everybody, you want to sing a song together? And then they all started singing happy, happy birthday. birthday to me. Oh, that's awesome. 4,000 people, people in Mexico. Yeah. Drunk unison. And that's not the song I was recommending to sing. I was like, we're going to sing a song together, you know? <laughs> and then so that was really nice. And then we all, I mean, if you're going to all sing a song together, it might as well be a Tom Petty song. I got them to all sing Breakdown, all 4,000 people, acapella. That's awesome. And it, it just was awesome. Well, come to find out, because all the stage crew was rushing around trying to figure out why, what was going on, and they were everybody's like panicking. And as I got off, because we, we got off stage while they fixed it, this guy came up to me. He's like, hey, can I get a picture of you with my wife? And I was like, sure. And she proceeds to tell me that she's the one that tripped over the cable. And, and he tells me this too. And he's like, I saw it. She came up to me and she got the shit shocked out of her. And he's like, oh my gosh. So he just like rushed her away. And then once he started seeing everybody panicking, trying to figure out what's going on, he had to come clean. And be like, yeah, my old drunk ladies tripped over the <laughs> tripped over the plug oh, yeah. and unplugged this whole party of four thousand people. And by the, the
2: way, the plug that's already sparking.
0: Which one of you yeah. dumb sons of bitches left the plug right over there? <laughs> yeah, they got a cone and, or something you could have put up
1: around here. You could imagine what it looked like. I got the shit shocked out of me so many times during a sound check. Oh. Like I had to stop. I thought it. My heart stopped for a minute.
0: Did you do one of the old where you grab the mic stand and, or your lip my touches my it and you're like.
1: Psst. Yeah. It was straight out of Almost Famous. Oh, man. But then, because I, I was like, I'm not doing this again. This is just for sound check. So we got some of the crew. I was like, you guys got to test this shit. I'm not doing it anymore. So then you had like five people going, holy shit, this is. <laughs> well, we have everything. Uh, it's grounded to an pussy, 85
0: though. Buick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. As long as With no, no one turns on the car on, everything's cool. Uh, <laughs> Also, That's your so monitors weird. are running through that Buick stereo, so uh, be, be careful with it. Don't push it too hard. Oh, God. You know, though, I, I think this is another thing of why you guys have, have stayed and why good things are happening for you is because every time a moment that sends a lot of bands into a prima donna kind of fit, your natural reaction is just take a step back, crack a beer, and make something
2: fun out of it. And, yeah, because
1: uh, if we didn't do that, we'd be throwing tantrums on the floor. Like, continuously. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> Which happens from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I
0: think that's to be understood, but I think that the overall spirit of having a good time and we're here to make music and, you know, whatever this problem is doesn't have anything to do with the fans, so we're going to give them what they want. You know, that's they the kind of thing. Time. You either do that or you don't. And you guys do that. And it's awesome.
2: The way we look at it, there's there's no room for failure. That's not an option.
0: Yeah, you guys have been doing this too long now. There's no real job to go back to anymore.
1: I I would be the world's worst everything at any job I ever
2: did. Imagine Josh at Walmart. I do oh want to see. Him. I would.
1: I'd be like, I can't work like this. Let's. Well, let's let's flesh it out a <laughs> and little that's bit. A
2: job interview. <laughs>
1: well,
0: let's flesh I'm it out a little bit. Questions. Josh, I want to ask you. Let's just say that let's say you got fired from the band and okay. you weren't going to play music. You were going to give the working man's world a shot. Where would you go first to put in an application?
1: Are the ladies listening? Uh, I would work at a flower shop so I could deliver flowers and make people happy all day. Thank you, thank you very much. No, that's a bullshit answer. <laughs> yeah, uh, where would you really? Go? I would go. I would work go to something. the gun
2: shop, purchase a yeah. gun, <laughs> and take yeah. care of it. And
1: put my <laughs> mouth on it. I'd
0: get my um, ass right back in that band. That's what I do yeah.
1: um, Can I be a professional mushroom grower and sit in a dark room and <laughs> not do anything? And it can be damp, and I don't have to ever leave.
0: Judging by where you're from, yes. Yes. <laughs> you're from you're from far enough out in the sticks of missouri that i think you could get by with that
1: you are correct sir
0: chico what about uh, you where are you going if this uh all goes south
2: i think i just said it to the gun shop oh to grab a gun <laughs> <laughs> put my mouth around the barrel that's it yeah you know, it's a, that is a real uh, no turning back kind of answer
1: yeah yeah
2: <laughs> Now, i mean if if i had to i have a background in finance so i'd probably go back to banks or something, i forgot but... about that yeah you you're a banker
1: He's a he's, he's math good. He's good at math than anybody I know.
0: <laughs> Which is also why you guys still have money to eat dinner tonight. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, I know good and well there'd be a hot tub at every place you would live.
1: <laughs> we, after every gig, we just go get up one of those long uh, Motley Crue uh, limos with the hot tub in it. Yeah. And spend everything there.
0: Well, and, you know, th- that's the interesting thing. I heard Nikki when I was working on Sixth Cents. Uh, I would hear Nikki Six talking to these young bands like Greta Van Fleet and some of these guys, and just talking where he didn't think anybody else was listening. But like, remember this stuff, you know, because years later, when you've been doing nothing but following a backpack through stadiums, you are going to need some grit in your life to write about, and it can't be about your yeah. bad relationships all the time. And so, like, yeah. remember these That's things that are going on while you are on your climb.
1: Yeah, because everybody, it seems like once you get that success and you start writing songs and it's like, I mean, what's your inspiration? Oh, you know, they don't have surf and turf at the Four mm-hmm. Seasons I'm staying at. And like, <laughs> the You know, the call girl I got, well, she was like wearing flats and not heels or something like that. Yeah, that's
0: <laughs> un- unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, like, and Jordan, I also want to know what would you do? Because, I mean, you've been on the musician train since before you were even allowed to work. So, yeah. do, do you think, would you <laughs> well, go you know sell shoes saying? or something? Uh, I think those who can't teach and those who can't
3: teach,
1: teach music. So, I guess <laughs> I'd do that. <laughs> no, I thought you said those who can't teach and those who, what is again, have sex with the art teacher? Something
0: like that. Yeah, that, uh, they, uh, they teach music. There's an art oh, yeah, teacher maybe somewhere. Maybe go to
1: Ralla and work at the pig brothel.
0: There's a pig brothel? <laughs> in Ralla? I didn't yeah, know we there read was about
1: one. that. Have you have you checked that out in the news? Oh, let's we'll get to that. Yeah, that, that's what we said. Pig, <laughs> pig brothel, brothel busted in Rala. Mm. <laughs> Google that shit.
0: You know, oh, no. Uh,
2: first, off, <laughs> first
0: of all, no, no. I I don't need to Google it to know what it is. Why is your face on the website? am <laughs> really, Were you there at that party? <laughs> let's just say I want to I want to remain completely oblivious to whatever's going on with the pig brothel. <laughs> I don't know what they know about me, and I don't want to know. Good move. Yeah, it's uh, really good bacon sandwiches though out. By there. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh man! So when when you guys we we talked a little bit too about working with um with different producers, and uh, you know adding some new people as the band has built out of its core, you know of three guys like how. How is it growing? Like, what new people are, are popping up, and and did you imagine that it
1: was going to happen this way, like, like with the with what,
0: the label, and now because there's been a lot of changes with
1: that too. Yeah, you know, well, every band, at least uh, you know, original bands. I mean, even people that play cover bands or whatnot. You, a record deal is the goal. It is what you know. What I always grew up on I was like, oh, to get a record deal. You think as soon as you sign, you're like, oh, this is it. You know, we're signing. So we signed with an indie label, and then we wound up merging with a major label. And, uh, we thought that was the the ticket, and then it wound up not being all that awesome, not all as awesome as we thought, you know, because mm-hmm. we were just the kind of lost in the shuffle. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't anybody's fault, really, because the big label acquired the little label. So the bands on the little label, we got our record came out at this exact time that the label, the indie label got bought out by the major label. So there was all these swapping out, which is the standard that happens, you know. Yeah. Uh, you hear that in the business all the time, where the guy that was rooting for you and working for you at the label gets canned, and the guy that took his job doesn't like you, or maybe Chico or Jordan slept with his girlfriend, so he's like, "Screw the black moods" or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. He said she was single. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chico, but, uh, you got to stop doing that, and you're killing the band.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Also, singer never met her before. <laughs>
1: but uh, you know, so we we did that, and. It kind of got lost in the shuffle. We didn't like that because we've been working so hard as an independent band. When we let all that control go, yeah. which was, you know, hard to do, they didn't do anything with it. And so we just wanted it all back and we got it all back in spades. And now with signing with Steel Horse, that we're with now, we have that kind of control and they're behind us 100 percent. And that's why we've got more done in three months than we did in you know, three, years. three years with the major label.
2: And, and also, I mean, being with the label, I take that as education. Because we learned so much of what to do, what not to do, uh, what to expect, how to say, you know, just we learned the business the hard way.
1: All the cogs in the wheel, you know, like, and we had certain people that we wanted to work with, you know, like you met our publicist and all this kind of stuff. Like just being, hanging out with um, the bands that we like and the people they use. And they're like, oh, this person's great. This person's great. And, And when the people we were working with at the time were moving and they're like, we said, hey, you know. We know there's nothing going on. Can we bring this person? In? They're like, no, we have that at the label, and then they wouldn't do anything. So now it's like we get to work with. We call them the A team because it's mm-hmm. the people we wanted to work with. We just want to be with people that believe in what we're doing, and it, that's where we're at now. Our our team is they like us. Yeah, <laughs> the last people we yeah. were with yeah. didn't like us that much,
2: and they, and they listen to us. And you know, we say, hey, well, this is what we want to do, and they said, on it, and it's awesome. That is it's so really cool. I mean,
1: but they listen. I mean, we listen to them too. They like. We don't know everything. We just know what we would like to do and where we want to be, and they know how to facilitate that. And them not trying. They like us as a band, and that's the main thing. Yeah, because we've been through the thing where they're like, "Oh, you can't. You should wear skinny jeans." I've <laughs> heard that. Oh, no. You're like, really? Is, is Aren't all your jeans like, skinny jeans, Josh? Well, not of they the flare ankles. out. I have... That's true. Yeah, you got the bells.
0: I just mean that you're a thin man. So, well, thereby, they're not... gonna you know, Like, you're not wearing my jeans. <laughs>
1: well, you haven't asked before.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> by the way, I'm a fair amount shorter than you, so if you want to look like you're wearing high-water <laughs> pants...
1: They'd be like jorts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the... Maybe some of the mechanics that go on on stage, because now you've got there's three of you plus a keyboard now.
2: Yeah, we bring Rob on uh, on bigger shows like a lot of the shows. Circus and when we open for Candlebox stuff like that. So I
0: think one of the things anybody that has seen you guys knows, you know, there's a lot of flailing, there's a lot of movement on there, there's jumping, <laughs> there's hair flying everywhere. Um, even though there's only you know. Chico can't move, so there's only two real people that are out running around. But like, how do you guys control the traffic on stage? Is it just everybody stay out of Josh's way, or how's that work?
1: Well, I get I get pretty confined to the mic most of the time, you know. Like, so I, Jordan gets to rock pretty. I mean, because he he's there for the harmonies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when my solos come up, it's like okay, that's kind of my thing i get to get away from the microphone cuz unfortunately that i have to sing i have to stand in front of that yeah
3: and i have to try to keep myself contained because i jump all over the place sometimes yeah, like yeah. a little baby and then uh when josh starts singing i have to be like okay wait 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 it's about the lyrics now not about me jumping yeah it's not <laughs> <all> about <laughs> you jojo so i have to like I- i've been getting better at kind of uh Backing off during certain situations, <laughs> especially during his guitar solo. So you're not
0: like
1: fuck
3: with Josh's guitar solo. You're not, you're not
0: dry humping up. a monitor while he's trying to sing a verse.
1: Yeah. yeah well, I've <laughs> done like, it. It's like Steve Buscemi and Airhead. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but I, t- I, I told you that in confidence,
0: and I wish you hadn't brought that up. Um, it was on stage.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> there were people there. It was last week. That, that pretty much <laughs> happened. Just so you know. Well, um. Because I think that the energy on stage is something that uh, really translates well to a live show. So if you get the chance to see a Black Mood show, you've got to go. Because it just looks like you guys are having the amount of fun that I hope you're having when I hear the song and then when I go see you.
1: Oh, God, absolutely. That's like, that's definitely. That 45 minutes or hour, whatever time we get, sometimes it's 30 minutes. It's like, that's why we do it. You know? It's like, it's the drug. Man, if I. If you could bottle it and sell it, everybody would be addicted to it. It'd be like mm-hmm. the new cigarettes or whatever it is. Yeah. Or the new yoga or whatever. The new sugar. Yeah, there you go.
0: So while we're on the podcast, it was, I don't know if anybody's asked you this in a while. It's just good to have for reference because you've got fans who, the main thing when you hear a band you like and you're young, you want to just try and figure out what it is that they're doing. So let's kind of go down the line and talk about gear. You know, like what you like. Like, Josh, I mean, Tone wise, you've got a very unmistakable tone. I recognize your tone like I do other players now. you know, what is it? What what builds your
1: tone? Well, I I use Fender Deville a lot, but uh, Drew Foppy, who is like one of our best friends, he's just the most amazing guitar tech out there right now. He's a genius. He's actually out with smashing pumpkins. Mm, But he was he lives in Phoenix and I've known we've known him forever. Because I moved to Phoenix, really, and he builds my amps now. Like, they're fo- called Fopstar. Yeah. And, uh, you check it out, I'm sure. He, I mean, I know he's all online and everything like that, but he just makes amazing stuff. And then he also customizes my pedals. And it's funny because I, when it comes to playing guitar, I have no idea what anything is actually called, really. Yeah. I just kind of move my fingers around and, and stomp on stuff. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, so when he brings me stuff that he thinks I'll like, he's like, okay, so this is this yellow pedal and, uh, and this switch here is Jimmy Page, and this switch here is Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So he'll just like, breaks it down to the list. <laughs> <Gip-fi>. <laughs> the kid <laughs> gloves. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, so, ah, cool. well, cool. just just looking at your pedal board, I mean, you don't have a super complex pedal board. It's usually no. like, wait, what do you have, like a wand, a, wall and a no, distortion No, forest? I don't have a,
1: a wah. usually use in the studio for some stuff, but like, I have a volume pedal that I, it's my crutch. I always have, it helps like when I'm, Gives me something to put my foot on. When you gotta go yeah. louder. Yeah, yeah. When you gotta go, yeah, you gotta go fast, man. Yeah. Um, but I've got a delay, and I've got um, uh, a couple of overdrives, really. And then um, I've got this uh, Univibe like phaser thing that Eddie Kramer gave me, mm-hmm. one of his custom jobs. And then, uh, and then that's really it, man.
0: And the guitars know. you're.
1: Yeah, I'm using. Um, well, I've got my my '76 Epiphone last Paul, which is great, and I'm using that. Frankenstrat, and, and then Jordan, actually, he's got a Gibson Midtown that I've been using once in a while It's just cool. awesome.
0: So really, I mean, your sound is, is more built off of, uh, kind of off a tone, and uh, and the you're not just married to one particular guitar.
1: No, because I, I can... I make it what I like. The thing that I just can't stand is like, and I don't mean to talk shit about anybody's tone or anything like that, but, you know, you can hear the the Mesa Boogie heads with the mid-sweeps out of it. and yeah. Just like the generic kind of tone that's on everything. At least, you know, a lot of the radio you hear that makes me cringe a little bit because it's like Queens of the Stone Age are the best at it. Their guitar tones on all their records are just phenomenal, you know? And, yeah. And that's why we go to these pawn shops and I go into all these little, the used vintage stuff and coming back home to Missouri is really great because a lot of people have these amps and shit that their grandparents bought back in the 60s or whatever. And they're like, yeah. now we're going to get rid of it, and I'll take it. And the smaller, the older, and the shittier, the better yeah. <laughs> for me.
0: Yeah, because there's a Baptist church that bought a Twin Reverb that never been turned up past three. <laughs> right. And right. Uh, you know, exactly. the guy's been playing GCD through it for 25 yeah. years.
1: Amazing Grace and, uh, How Great Thou Art. And yeah. Like
0: the only tunes have been
1: blasted through that deal.
0: So, Jordan, what about the bass rig? I use a bunch of pedals as well. I have,
3: okay, well, for starters, I use a couple different rigs, depending on the size of the show, but I have, uh, Ampeg heads and Alien Kruger tabs, but I also, uh, have a Fender as well. Mm hmm. Um, Fender Jazz Bass, Fender P Bass, and then, uh, a variety of pedals on my pedal board. It's a little extensive for bass, but, um, I like to push the envelope a little bit. I like to do new stuff, but I don't like to always have like, like kind of what Josh said, like the generic, like guitar tone or bass tone. I kind of like to do something yeah. new or like, you know, I'll add like bass chorus to a part of a song. You know what I mean? Just like a little, to make it a little kind of wavy. Right. Um, since there's only three of us, especially like when you're trying to produce more of a sound, especially live, um, it kind of helps overdrive distortion and, a few different things
0: right because there's only as far as instruments that are playing notes it's guitars so something's got to add that texture in there i mean you got keyboards and stuff like that but yeah that that extra texture at that layer
3: yeah exactly especially when we don't play with a keyboardist like i mean that's kind of a new thing that we've been experimenting with so when he's not there and we're playing like smaller shows or our normal show actually like um, when Josh busts into like a guitar solo, I'll kind of boost it as well to fill out the, the gap. Because when he goes into guitar solo, sometimes it just drops. Right. And it's just bass and drums, and it kind of kind of
0: hollow. Um, I try to minimize that. It reminds me on some of the, the songs too. It's got that vibe like uh, when Ben folds five because there's only three of them and yeah. and his bass player. Yeah, there's so much fuzz going on there. But you're like, oh, that's what's given depth to this during the solo.
3: Yeah, and it's pretty cool, like, um, as the years go on, there's more effects and new things going on, and different, all these companies are experimenting with dual uh, pedals and stuff like that, so it's cool to, like, utilize them, an older style song, like, kind of like how we write, you know?
0: Yeah. What's some good advice for a young bass player who, you know, a lot of the times it's the singer, the guitarist that's writing all the songs, but for a, a younger bass player who's maybe coming into an already established band, but wants to be you know, really get into the creative process. Like what worked well for you? How did you make your inroads with, with the guys in the creative process?
3: Um, well, first thing I did was I learned all their music. Well, at least as much as I could at one point. Yeah. And I just kind of uh, adapted to kind of how they created music and how they wrote. And I listened to them constantly and was like embracing the songs. But beyond that, I was just myself. Like whenever Chico and I would jam, like Josh would be showering or something. I mean, that's how we wrote, a couple of the new songs on the EP, like Chico and I were just hanging out and jamming, and you know we started jamming something. And Chico was like, "Keep playing," and then Josh jumps out of the shower and he's like, <laughs> "Forgets to put his towel back on, electrocutes yeah. himself." Yes, yeah, so <laughs> goes like, back. A, a lot of it is just being yourself, you know what I mean? Like you got to just go with the flow, and you can't be afraid to just let it out. If it, if you let it out and they're not driving, and you, they'll know,
2: and they'll, you won't be in the band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like th- there's this. Uh, this song on uh, the EP. It's called Do It Again. I was on the phone talking to a buddy and Josh and Jordan were sitting there get, just getting bass tones because we were going to do a demo for something. And uh, Jordan had this lick. And I remember being on the phone and not even listening to what the dude was saying. I was like, I got to call you back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I ran it in there and then poof. Then we had a song and it's yeah. pretty pretty good. That's cool. Yeah,
0: man. So Chico, we always save the mm-hmm. drummer for last because Lord knows you guys got so much gear back there. And yeah. people probably give some of it to you for free, so you have to, you know, give everybody their props.
2: No, I'm, I'm not sure. Are you Josh unsponsored Kennedy. at the moment? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got a couple endorsements. Uh, GMS Drums, they're awesome. And then Saluda Cymbals, I really like those a lot. They have a bunch of different lines, but the ones I use are called the uh, Nemesis. Mm-hmm. And then I, I play on a Ludwig kit. It's actually Josh's kit. Give it to me. One of these days you guys will make them break can buy your own drums.
1: one of these days except
0: that you'll still be in a band with Josh who will insist that you play
2: on his kit because he likes it seriously but yeah I have two kits uh, back at the studio that it's nice to have two of everything Mm -hmm. I got a pearl back there that's the one that we recorded on
1: well, it sounds pompous when he says that. The reason he has two of everything is because he has so much shit. So, like, we don't have to, every time we get back studio, there's already a kit there, so we don't spend two hours having to get everything ready.
0: Right, yeah, having yeah, to take exactly. it all out of the trailer. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, it's when
2: it's 114 degrees outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: How's your studio setup vary
2: from the road kit? Um, It's a lot bigger because <laughs> I don't have to move it.
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: have probably three or four more drums. Uh, I got some bongos over there and... The four toms that I set up instead of the two. (laughs) His gong.
1: You got all nine yards.
2: I got three timpanies. It looks like Wasp is playing in there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's just because I wear that (laughs) (laughs) codpiece. I have messed up the back. Uh, My guitars don't have buckle rash on them. They have like tiny chainsaw rash
2: (laughs) from the Wasp buckle. Uh, (sighs) But yeah, uh, when we're touring, it's just a little Ludwig kick four-piece. Uh, three cymbals, hi hat, and woodblock, and a tambo. Cool.
0: What's the next thing that used to be a huge goal and now it's really in sight for the band? What's coming up on the horizon that you're excited for that you you didn't maybe know was coming up?
2: Festivals, really? Yeah,
1: that were festivals. That's what I was gonna say too. Is, uh, just to do like the radio festivals and that kind of thing. You know, like we got our eyes on the iHeart. <laughs> Radio
0: I'm telling you, wink, wink. hey,
1: look, wink. look, look uh, you and me both. I,
0: I want you guys to be at the iHeartRadio Music Festival real bad, so because uh, anybody who's listening, and I know you guys are listening, to make sure that I don't say anything horrible on here. So <laughs> check out the Black Moods; they're available for yeah, we are open for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. I know this,
2: and we started to get some. Some are starting to come up on the radar. Yeah, you know, so later on this year, things are. Festivals. I just really, really. I mean, the Mexican. Yeah. yeah, just to play festivals. Circus Mexicus is a festival. Mm-hmm. But I want to do stuff that I've never been to before yeah. with yeah. bands that we've never ever played with before. Well, you just know. Meet new people. And- when you play
0: the festivals,
2: make sure they give you your own golf car.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because the we'll last- bring our own. We got a big <laughs> enough trailer for it. Oh, now. yeah. That's, did
0: you guys get
2: a bigger trailer now? We just did, yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: after we left our studio in Phoenix. And we got to Flagstaff, which is only like two and a half hours outside of Phoenix. We had our first blowout. I had we had no idea. I just pulled over to get some gas and take a leak, and uh, the gas station was closed, so I was over there like pissing on the fence. And I turn around. I'm just like scoping my environment to make sure I'm not going to by a bear or anything you know, <laughs> right up there in the woods. And I look back, and the we have a tandem axle trailer, and the back tire on the passenger side was gone, and it was just the wheel. It, it looked I, like no ribbons like, hanging off of it. I saw the picture it, on Facebook. Yeah, it was crazy, and so we're like, shit, so we're already changing a tire two and a half hours into this 22-hour drive of ours, and then our leaf springs broke, which, you know, means your axle's on its way to dropping out from underneath it, and then yeah. it was just... It, it was it, it was it's
2: time. It's
0: time to get a new she, trailer.
2: Yeah. She, she was good to us, and we... Uh actually got her here. Well, you treated that trailer kind of like a rented mule. I
0: know. (laughs) It went around. Every good show and every bad show saw that trailer. This is
1: right. You're correct.
0: You know, now that you've got some years down here, as you look back, like there's no legit job again to go back to. How does this really feel to be kind of in the beginning part of the, or the middle of the beginning or whatever? Does it feel the way that you thought it would?
2: Yeah, but no. Especially within the past couple weeks with, with the song going to radio and people liking it, uh, you know, we're our own bosses and we do our own work with our team that we have, but it's doubled just in a matter of weeks. We got to update this. We got this interview. We got all this kind of stuff, which we kind of expected, mm-hmm. but to actually feel it and go through it, it's way more exciting than I thought it would be. Yeah. We're not even at the tip of the iceberg yet. Exactly. I mean, you
0: guys are just now starting to come up. And any success that you have now, I hope you guys are prepared for everybody to just say that it happened automatically and you guys are lucky and you haven't paid your dues because that's all anybody ever
1: said. We're a 10-year overnight success.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, all you've had to do is just go out there and grind it out on your ass all over the country for very small crowds <laughs> at times. And all you <laughs> had to do. <laughs> yeah. All
3: you
1: had to do is just... just not, in Walmart parking lots.
0: Yeah, don't have a real job, no benefits, no. That's the thing, is being willing to lay it out on the line for something that you love. A lot of people will say that, maybe do the the first couple of steps, but to go out there and by the time you've got to grab third gear and you're mm-hmm. you're tired yeah. and the the trailer's gotta blow out and things like that, the fact that you guys have kept it going when you've had plenty of excuses to stop, that's something that it's another reason why we're friends.
2: Well one of the things that, that's been really cool lately is is my parents have always been supportive, mm-hmm. but they've also been like how long are you going to do this? Yeah, when are you going back to the bank? Yeah. When are you going back to the bank? And and just a couple of weeks ago, I sent them the cover of a magazine that we were on. And they were just like, okay. Yeah. All right, you're doing it right. Keep going. <laughs>
0: it's that kind of buy-in at that level where, you know, to the industry, that doesn't mean anything. But to Chico, it means everything.
2: Exactly. So. And it's a great feeling, I'll tell you what.
0: Man, I'm, I couldn't be happy for you guys and and the career that you're building and the music, I mean, it's great. I'm just excited that more people are starting to discover you guys now, you know, as long as I still get invited to all the parties and uh, sure. then you still take the phone calls when Morgan Freeman calls.
2: then <laughs> Which is a great birthday was, wish, yeah, by the way. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I, we played it in the van.
0: I had oh, to. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking I was like, oh, it's Josh's birthday, but I can't just like <laughs> write happy birthday oh, on Facebook. Amazing. I got to do something. Hello, Sonny. (laughs) Oh, Josh, I know you. Don't get your ass Me Too'd right now. I'll tell you that. (laughs) They will Me Too every rock star. It's coming up. Oh, but, uh, well, check out the Black Moods. The easiest way to find them is Google the Black Moods because now you're going to find them, and you're going to see more and more. Go see them live. Trust me. Buy the albums. Stream it as much as you can. If you like The song, if you like Belladonna, put it on repeat and walk away from your phone. Let it play overnight (laughs) all the time. I don't know. Is that cheating the system? Because I'm sure somebody else does it. Everybody does it. Well, do this because, see, you as the listener, you control the fate of these bands that you love. So tell people about them. Share that music and play it and buy it and go support the shows. That's how you make this happen.
2: Have a good time.
0: All right, well, uh, go back and, and listen to some other interviews with the Black Moods so you can see how these boys have progressed into the deplorable young men that they are today.
2: I love you guys. Love, love you, honey. You, miss you, man. I miss you, too. Well,
0: that is going to do it for this first installment of the Dave Hines Show, or the 1st reinstallment, I suppose. You can follow the Black Moods real easy. Just Google the Black Moods. Also, you can find me, you can Google Dave Hines, or you can just uh, find me Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Snapchat, all at It's Dave Hines. I-T-S-D-A-V-E-H-I-N-E-S. Thanks so much for listening. If there's somebody you'd like me to try and track down to talk to, tweet me, text me, let me know. I'll do it. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Share the podcast. Uh, Please subscribe and download and do all the things that uh, keep me from having to go get a real job. Please, you don't want me working with you. It's what you just heard for the last hour, way worse than that. So until then, man, take care of yourself. Do something cool for somebody. I'll talk to you soon.